Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining this week's edition of the Albany Update. On today's program, we'll look at the Biden administration's plan to rescind something referred to as the Protect Life Rule. And elsewhere across the nation, a federal court has again allowed the Texas heartbeat law to stand. This law is heading to the United States Supreme Court, but it continues to save lives. God bless Texas. And here in our home state, there is an update on vaccine mandates for healthcare workers. And it's good news for those seeking a religious exemption from the mandate. And something we haven't discussed in quite some time is the status of fantasy sports betting in the state. Oral arguments regarding the constitutionality of the legislature's action were recently heard, and a decision is expected soon. Let's get started. Effective November 8th of this year, the Biden administration will rescind the Protect Life Rule. Implemented by the Trump administration in 2019, the Protect Life Rule requires abortion providers receiving Title X family planning funds to split up their federally funded family planning activities from their abortion activities. One welcome result of the Protect Life Rule was a decision by Planned Parenthood to stop receiving millions of dollars in family planning funds. According to National Review, Planned Parenthood lost out on a total of $60 million in federal funds. This was a pro-life win because every dollar received by an abortion provider strengthens that abortion provider whether or not that dollar is used for abortion. The Biden administration's move to rescind the Protect Life rule has been in the works since January. The process of rescinding the rule was finalized in recent days. National Review notes that once the rule is rescinded, Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers will be free to return to Title X without making any financial distinction between abortion and other procedures, which means that taxpayers once again will be required to fund the nation's abortion providers under the guise of family planning. One way to discern the priorities of a politician or a political party is to see where that politician or party directs public funds. In case it wasn't already clear, cozying up to the abortion industry is a major priority of the Biden administration. And on October 6th of this year, a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction directing Texas judges and clerks not to accept lawsuits filed under the Texas Heartbeat Law. According to Politico, U.S. District Court Judge Robert Pittman, an Obama appointee, called the Texas Heartbeat Law an unprecedented and aggressive scheme to deprive Texas citizens of a significant and well-established constitutional right. Prior to Judge Pittman's decision, the Texas Heartbeat Law reportedly caused almost all abortions to cease across the state of Texas for a period of 36 days. The lawsuit that led to the preliminary injunction was filed on behalf of the Biden administration. Predictably, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki hailed the court's ruling as an important step forward toward restoring the constitutional rights of women across the state of Texas. Well, on October 8th, Following an appeal by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals temporarily stayed Judge Pittman's injunction. This temporary stay allowed the heartbeat law to go back into effect while the Biden administration's legal challenge to the heartbeat law makes its way through the courts. And on October 14th, 
the Fifth Circuit reaffirmed its October 8th order, noting that it was not clear that federal courts have a role in reviewing the heartbeat law. Ultimately, the matter is expected to be heard by the Supreme Court of the United States. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks the Lord for many lives that have been saved due to the passage of the Texas Heartbeat Act, and we continue to call upon the Supreme Court to end the era of abortion on demand by overturning its legally and morally bankrupt decisions in Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. The abortion industry and its allies use a variety of terms in an attempt to camouflage and obscure the horrific reality of their actions. Unborn babies are referred to as pregnancy material, or products of conception, or even a blob of tissue. Abortion is relabeled as reproductive health, or reproductive justice, or family planning, and the so-called right to abortion is euphemistically known as the right to choose. And like Adam and Eve's vain attempt to use fig leaves to conceal themselves from the Lord in the Garden of Eden, the abortion industry's attempt to conceal the truth becomes, well, empty when the scientific realities surrounding fetal development are revealed. The reason an ultrasound can be so effective in changing the mind and heart of an abortion-minded woman is that it clearly shows the woman that her baby is not a blob of tissue, but a living, moving human being. The Charlotte Lazier Institute has created a helpful online resource that helps to display the truths about the unborn. Known as the Voyage of Life, this resource allows viewers to scroll through a web page that details every stage of fetal development, from conception to birth. In addition to outlining a great many facts about unborn babies, the Voyage of Life contains images of the unborn at each stage of development. Like an ultrasound, the Voyage of Life makes the personhood of the unborn abundantly clear. Please view and share the Voyage of Life today. You'll find an article promoting the Voyage of Life on our educational website, at newyorkfamilies.org. That's New York spelled out and families is plural, dot org, newyorkfamilies.org. Next up, on October 12th, a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction barring the enforcement of New York's COVID-19 vaccine mandate against healthcare workers who object to COVID-19 vaccinations on religious grounds. Judge David Hurd of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of New York ruled that the plaintiff healthcare workers were likely to succeed in this case. Judge Hurd held that the question before the court was whether the state's vaccine mandate that offers no religious exemptions conflicts with plaintiffs and other individuals' federally protected right to seek a religious accommodation from their individual employers. The judge determined that the plaintiffs had established that the vaccination mandate conflicts with the long-standing federal protections for religious beliefs, and that they and others will suffer irreparable harm in the absence of injunctive relief. The judge opined that the state had given no reason that the same accommodations granted to healthcare workers with medical exemptions from the vaccination mandate could not also be granted to healthcare workers seeking religious exemptions. Back in September, Judge Hurd had issued a temporary restraining order blocking enforcement of New York's COVID-19 vaccination mandate. Regarding the court's October 12th decision, plaintiff's attorney Christopher Farrar of the Thomas More Society commented, quote, With this decision, the court rightly recognized that yesterday's frontline heroes in dealing with COVID, 
cannot suddenly be treated as disease-carrying villains and kicked to the curb by the command of a state health bureaucracy. While the Buffalo News reported that Governor Kathy Hochul's vaccine mandate disrupted a number of hospital and nursing home operations as already strained health staffing levels were hit by thousands of workers, either resigning, being put on unpaid leave, or fired. The impact, including the canceling of some elective surgeries, closing of some urgent care facilities, and slowing of admissions to nursing homes. Governor Hochul, who predicted that the court would uphold her mandate, intends to appeal. According to Newsday, the New York State Department of Health has reported that 33,982 healthcare workers were terminated, resigned, retired, or furloughed for refusing to be vaccinated against COVID-19. In switching topics on October 5th, the New York Court of Appeals heard oral arguments in a lawsuit challenging a 2016 law that allowed fantasy sports gambling. Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution of the State of New York bans gambling, but creates exceptions for the state lottery, state-licensed casinos, and paramutual betting on horse racing. When the legislature passed Article 14 in 2016, it attempted to sidestep the constitutional ban on gambling by asserting that fantasy sports gambling is a game of skill and not a game of chance. According to courthousenews.com, judges in lower courts have ruled the law unconstitutional, and the judges of the Court of Appeals expressed skepticism about its constitutionality as well. During oral arguments, Judge Eugene Fahey commented, I think we can allow this, but you can only allow it one way. People of the state of New York need to vote on whether or not this should be allowed. Well, Judge Fahey is absolutely right, and it's something that we have argued all along. Fantasy sports gambling, like other forms of gambling, involves a significant element of chance. For that reason, Article 14 should be held unconstitutional. If it is, the legislature should abandon any effort to legalize it. The state's long-term relationship with the gambling industry has led to an inconsistent, two-faced public policy. On the one hand, the state discourages gambling addiction and encourages problem gamblers to seek help. On the other, the state promotes certain types of gambling and takes in a great deal of revenue from them. Ideally, the state should extricate itself from the gambling industry altogether. Failing that, the state should refrain from making matters worse by pushing to legalize yet another form of gambling. And finally, we've got some time in today's program to discuss a number of prayer requests that I would like you to be praying for during the month of October. First, we ask the Lord to give the Supreme Court of the United States wisdom, clarity, and courage in the coming months as it considers the case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health and other abortion-related cases. We pray for President Joe Biden and for other elected officials who claim to be personally opposed to abortion but who support its legality and availability. Specifically, we pray for clarity and consistency and that they would adopt a pro-life policy stance. We pray that any effort to legalize prostitution in New York would be thwarted, being clearly seen as exploitative to women. We pray that New Yorkers would gain a clear understanding of God's design for human sexuality. And we pray for the Lord's guidance for voters in the coming elections. We pray for Pastor Eric Walton and for all Albany policymakers that attend our legislative Bible study. We pray that Governor Kathy Hochul would begin attending our legislative prayer breakfast and Bible study next January. 
we pray against the legalization of physician-assisted suicide. And we pray for U.S. Senators Joe Manchin, a Democrat from West Virginia, and Kirsten Sinema, a Democrat from Arizona, whose moderate views and respect for Senate precedent are standing in the way of the passage of an array of unwise and destructive federal laws. And finally, a note of praise. I want to thank those of you who have been praying that the Lord would give me a complete healing from Bell's palsy. As I trust you can hear in my voice today, I'm about 90% better. My voice is much clearer, it's stronger, I don't have to wear the eye patch over my right eye anymore, which is making work on computer screens a lot easier than it had been for about the last month. And so I'm grateful to God for the healing that I'm seeing, and I'm thankful to those Christians across the state of New York and around the country that have been praying for this healing. I'm almost there, and I'm so appreciative of it. And you know, it couldn't come at a better time, because frankly, we're in the final quarter of 2021, and we're gearing up for 2022. It's going to be an enormous year for our ministry, and it is vital that in this final quarter of 2021, we finish financially strong, and we also finish in a position that we have clear goals and strategies for 2022. And so we are planning right now for some major events and major activity in 2022, and it sure is good to not be hindered by not being able to use an eye or a weakened voice. And so I feel pretty good, I'm back at it, and we're ready to jump in and make a difference in our state. So thank you to those of you who are praying for the Empire State. God is moving. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.